Welcome to the StoryCraft Cafe. Come in, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and get ready to join the storytelling conversation. StoryCraft Cafe is brought to you by Dabble, the ultimate cloud-based fiction writing software. Here we're going to bring together storytellers from all walks to encourage and empower you to craft your best story. Welcome to the StoryCraft Cafe podcast. If you're just joining us for the first time, we kicked off a challenge last month to write a novel with Dabble in 60 days. This challenge encompasses the yearly NaNoWriMo challenge while also adding a planning month to the mix. Five writers are going through the process of developing an idea, making a fully formed plot and plan, then executing the writing of a first draft in 60 days, right alongside our fabulous community of writers at storycraft.cafe. The middle of the writing is where the rubber meets the road. The planning is all done. The excitement of getting all those ideas out on the screen has now faded into hard work. What do you do when things are not working the way you had hoped? Or maybe you've lost your momentum and just need to get back on track. Join us today as we walk through the muddy middle of the writing challenge and talk about our progress and how our process is adjusting because of it. Be sure to join us at storycraft.cafe to join in the writer community that is flourishing there and find your tribe that will help you stay motivated during this event and beyond. Now on to our show. And here we are live once again in the Storycraft Cafe. I am your story barista. I feel like that joke's getting a little old, but it still kind of makes me chuckle a little bit. Never. <laughs> With joining me, uh, as always, Amy Hale. Ian Garner, Lauren Moore, and Josh Hayes. Hello. The team is all back together again after a couple of weeks of, of people being pulled here and there, as life is wont to do. And uh, But we're all here uh, tonight. And we are in the thick of the thick of it. Um, you know, I wanted us all to show up and us just all have a happy report and I feel like it's not going to be one of those <laughs> necessarily. It's going to be one of those nights where we lean on each other and try to try to solve some problems. I know I have some things that I'm working to solve, and I know everybody else is uh, going through some things as well. Amy, um, you uh, you were not with us last week. You had some things that you had to take care of. How's it going? Where where are you? And uh, is there anything off the top of your head that that we can help you with? It is like feels like a death crawl right now. <laughs> um, it's just I don't know. I don't like my. I think my struggle right now is um, I'm I'm like I said I told her I was I'm working two jobs. Um, I'm trying to keep up with you know life stuff. I'm having some health issues and it's all just kind of crashing right now. Yeah. So that's not real conducive to creativity, unfortunately. Um, and I just, I sat down and I tried to write. I don't like my plots. I, I just, the more I look at it, the less I like it. It's just like, <laughs> nothing is going right right now. So um, if I knew how to ask for help or what I needed help with, I would definitely be not yeah. out to you guys. But at this point, I don't even know. <laughs> it's just really <laughs> bad right now. All right, we're we're gonna come back around in a minute. Uh, Ian, how's how's it going? All right, let's see. My word count. Where are we? Hello, I'm, I'm here. Are okay. you? <laughs> yeah, I'm at seven thousand six hundred and six words written total. Uh, Yay! Nice. And uh, let me just tell you, they're not great words at all. But they, they don't have to be at this point. Written. Yes. Um, I have found that as I have plotted out most of this, there is so much room for intricate little character details that I could just come up with. And I'm actually at a point now where I'm kind of afraid that I'm rushing things. And I feel like I'm definitely going to have to go back and flesh things out, which I kind of expected. But 
I'm surprised at how many things I did not account for came up for me to go back and redo, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you know, our, our friend Steve Bollier talks about the, the onion method of writing that, you know, he, he talks about writing a scene and then going back and writing into the scene and adding texture and detail. And, and uh, I, I really like that idea of, of leaving yourself room because it, whether you do it now or uh, you, on your second draft, there's, you know, kind of adding that flavor and detail is, uh, it is nice to, to do. That's been fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, well, so, uh, is your, is your plan holding up or, you know, is, is the story progressing like you thought that it would? Oh yeah. I'm actually, um, encountered a couple of things, a couple of minor plot points that I want to add in as a result. Um, I actually realized like I, I, my goal last week, I think was to get Patrick into Ireland, yeah. achieved that goal, but I found some interesting character choices I want to pursue. Like, um, maybe I want to start Patrick off as a rogue type before he gets uh, kidnapped. And I, there was like one piece of dialogue that I wrote, but his friend said to him, I was like, this, this, this leads into like a whole uh, thief chapter, like whole character arc that I could do before we even go. So, uh, all kinds of fun stuff that I am finding out through these characters that are already coming to life. Nice, nice. But the the trajectory of your story is still holding firm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're right on track from what I had planned out. Excellent, excellent. Good to hear. That might be um, the the best success story of the night. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, how's how's it going, buddy? Going good. Um, I'm I'm hanging in there. I'll put it that way. Uh, we've had some um, family issues come up over here too, um, but that's probably that's not that's just an excuse, really, because I am putting in time every day to kind yeah. of sit down, look at my plot work on it and um what i'm able to do is i'm able to kind of like nibble away at it i'm i'm adding to it i'm looking at my characters i'm looking at um the conflict when i get stuck at one point i go somewhere else in my notes and kind of look for answers and try to make connections and build on it and um it's making some forward progress i'm making progress forward using that onion method it's it is helping um but my word count is, I, I don't even know what it is. I'm sure it's terribly low. Terribly. But forward progress. Do, do you see um, do you see potential for, uh, for the steam to pick up? Like, are you at a place where you feel like you've been building and, and now, you know, like how close are you to kind of feeling like you're, you're coming off that first roller coaster? hill you know that you've got the train that pulls you up and then it lets you loose are, are you at that point it's yet? still chugging forward yeah no because i have two major plot plot problems pretty early on like one's yeah. maybe 10 percent in of the way and then one's like maybe 15 percent in and i gotta figure them out like i have to i have to understand how the characters are going to get over this problem or else, you know, the story can't move forward. So I, <laughs> I have to sort that out. But there's a whole lot of smaller problems before I even get there. And, and those I am figuring out and making progress on. Yeah. But, yeah. Josh, last mm -hmm. week you, you took some vacation. Glad to have you back. Um, and we, we were just discussing before we went live this this problem of, of you know, uh, signing off and and feeling like you should be doing more and first off what what is uh what's that feeling like when you know you're under um a production schedule to disengage and try to you know let, let your brain rest for a little bit that's difficult yeah you know honestly i didn't think about that until like day three <laughs> and then day three hit and i'm like man i'm gonna be so far behind <laughs> 
<laughs> I took. I chose the worst time to to do this, knowing this thing was going on. It um it was for like I just didn't pick it the days out of random. There was some things I really wanted to do. Um, it's gonna sound kind of juvenile, but there was a game that was coming out that I really wanted to play, and it was releasing new servers. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna take some time off and do this. So I haven't taken a vacation in forever. Granted horrible time uh horrible timing but uh um it it allowed me i, I listened to a lot of audiobooks like i was telling you in the pre-show and it allowed yeah. me to get through like three or four audiobooks that i really enjoyed and are in the same vein as the story that i'm trying to write and so i was absorbing the uh the pacing and uh a lot of the descriptive uh, cues that this guy uses in his book. It's a uh, Greg Horowitz uh, or Hurwitz uh, Orphan X, and uh, it's a uh, his books are basically a modern day, um, uh, uh, basically an assassin, like a super secret CIA, whatever, right? Nice. Um, and I'm of course I'm writing for our future, but the premise is the same. Like it's still um paramilitary it's still secret agent spy type stuff and so the the writing applies um and so i've been been taking a lot of mental notes while i've been listening to those books i've got a lot of fodder set back that i can jump into uh i think total word count right now is around six thousand. um i've done about uh like 4600 the last two days um and uh i've got a got a feel for getting back into the words it yes uh, monday was my first day back and I, I had to do some eighth on work on monday but uh tuesday was my first official writing day back and i got i think like 2800 words that day um and uh, it was a struggle to get started <laughs> uh you know it's it, it, every time you take a vacation you're like ah now i need a vacation for my vacation or right. i just don't want to go back to work like right. i just can i just be on vacation the rest of my life please um, so slogging away at that and, uh, I'm having some good progress, um, mentally with the story. And part of the listening to these books is I've gone back and I'm still, the first book is not finished. I'm still editing the first book. And so, so some of the time I've spent going back and tweaking the first book and piecing chapters together. And, and I've, decided that I'm naming the chapters, which I've never done before. And, um, that is super fun, uh, especially after the book is written and then the stuff that uh, I know is in the chapter and I can go back and kind of look at it, uh, like with a slower, uh, more, um, having an overview of everything without having to think of a chapter name and then write the chapter. Um, but one thing I did want to say before we jump into the conversation is I'm yeah. super glad not, not glad. Don't take this the wrong way. I am super glad that everybody is having a hard time. And what, I, what, I, what I mean by that is like when you're writing and you're sitting by yourself and you're banging your face against the keyboard going, nothing is working. I'm all by myself and I'm struggling and I can't do this. And everybody else is just out there having a grand old time and they wrote yeah. a thousand words or whatever it is. And I suck because I wrote two. Um, it's, it's humbling and... Um, encouraging that it's not just a singular thing like it's not just me yes. having trouble but everybody experiences it and to power through and and to just hands on keyboard and and do what you need to do and um uh, i i appreciate everyone and uh their struggles and uh, the support that everybody gives everybody else i think that's awesome and yes, our, we're all on the struggle bus. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Keto nailed it. Yes. Um, th that's why this afternoon in our little chat um, that we have, when when everybody started saying, "Ah, uh, you know that it's not going so great," I was like, "Yes, that's that's what we need to talk." And these are times where we really need to get together and talk. Yes. When, when things are are difficult, um, I am at. 28,036 words. Nicely right done. Um, but, but this is the problem. Um, I went through my planning month and I, I, I worked on my plan and I, I had, I had words bottled up in my head that, that I knew that when this thing started, the floodgates were going to open and I was just going to burn through a whole bunch of words. I, I knew that. 
And the first week was a tremendous week and it really went good until, um, you know, I, the, my, my book's going to be about 85,000, 90,000 words ish, you know, right, right in there. Um, because I did market research on the, um, uh, the genre that I'm writing in and, you know, that, that is the sweet spot for, for my market. Um, so I'm, roughly a third of the way there, which is, you know, just really digging into the murky middle. Mm. And I realized that the plan that I laid out um, has some problems. And some of those problems are that character motivation, which we talked a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, just, I didn't believe uh, why this thing, this kind of instigating factor in my book i i didn't believe the the motivation I, I just i didn't believe the characters and so then i started realizing that i need to go back and develop more of the backstory and there are flashback scenes um that that happen that that go back to 1968 and 1971 um that that kind of form the tension that lives in this little town that you know the the, the buried secrets if you will um, and I'm having to develop more of that. So going forward, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be hacking through the, the weeds and the bushes, you know, with a machete instead of just, you know, coming off that, that you know, I'm just, I'm just mixing all the metaphors tonight. Um, you know, <laughs> we know the feeling. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am. I, it, I came out hard and strong and, and, you know, now I'm up to my knees in mud. So this next week's going to be interesting. I usually ramp up like a very slow. Uh, I actually love writing the middle of the book. Like, yeah, but the, the murky middle is not a thing for me uh, in, in the way I write. And I absolutely love writing that. It's when I get to the end. That's when I have very crushing and it goes down. And usually in the... Uh, the last 20,000 words of my manuscripts is when I start having crippling doubt and anxiety. And it's like, you're, you're getting to the end and you're like, I don't want to finish it because I finish it and it sucks. It's horrible. And I'm not going to do it. And so I'm just yeah. not going to finish it. I'm just, it's just going to be there. Yeah. Um, that's where I, my word count plummets is at the end of the book. Well, and th this is the problem that I've discovered uh, over the last two days really is that, um, I have a solid enough plan that I could I could just plow through to the end and, and and I could connect all the dots and and it would be OK. Um, but but I don't know that it would be enjoyable to read, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like yeah. like I could, it would make sense going from point A to point B to point C. You know, yeah. but but mm -hmm. I, I realized that I've got more work to do on on that plot and the the motivation, because if my kind of big twists are going to work at the end, then, then they, they need to have some emotional oomph behind them. Yeah. The dramatic structure has to be there for the, for yes. to have the impact. Yeah, exactly. So do you have to sort all that out now. Well, I, you know, and, and that's, that's something I've been working on. Lauren is um, the problem is as I kind of build some of this backstory, then that affects the the now of the book mm -hmm. um and and i kind of see that my storylines are going to deviate because of it so i decided to go back and kind of really nail down what was going on then and then figure out how that's going to ripple into the into the present so m maybe it all stays the same and i just use that as to to build the tension but maybe my characters take a left turn um, mm -hmm. And and like like Amy and I were talking earlier, this is this is why I've always been a pantser because these things just I'm, I don't know I'm I'm having a difficult time understanding um, where the story is fully going from the beginning and and I know Josh has said you know I pants the outline I get it but you know I've, I'm you know what helps me sometimes is uh, when I'm stuck on on issues like that is literally just creating a, break, a blank page 
and writing down the questions that I'm having about the scene and writing down potential answers and just going through and just doing that down. So I'm not just thinking sometimes you get in those mental loops, the, uh, what is it? The Oda loop that you can't get out of. And if you just write the question down and then write out like eight options, Sometimes those options don't work, but sometimes those options lead to ideas that fix the problem you're trying to solve. And that that helps me nine times out of ten. I'll stop and do something like that, and it usually works out. Yeah, that's what's happening with my little plot nibbles is when I come up with an idea, I'll write it down somewhere because there's there's a place on Dabble for it. <laughs> there's a tab for everything. Uh, and I'll just store that idea around, store it somewhere, and then come back around to the character I was working on and trying to figure out what's their backstory or the plot point I was trying to follow. And then sometimes those connections just kind of jump out. But it's, yeah, it's been step by baby step. By <laughs> baby step. Josh, one thing I wanted to ask you is as you uh, go back and edit the first book in your trilogy, or, or your your series and and then writing the second book now um are you finding that things in the first book are affecting the second book or are you is your plan for the second book changing as you edit the first book uh the plan for the book isn't changing um some of the ideas that i had for character setup um and interaction have morphed a little bit um, and that happened at the end of the first book. And so some of those changes are, are just organic from the end of the first book that didn't weren't, didn't present themselves in the beginning when I was writing it. Um, for instance, one of my characters, uh, I didn't have the idea to make him religious until the end of the book. And so I had to go back through and like take out curse words and take out different things that he would say <laughs> because he's religious. Um, like, like, and, and, uh, but I think one of the biggest things I found in doing the second book is I'm doing uh, like really short uh, tertiary POV changes where it's a it's a it's a character that's a, a one off, yeah. and he has a, he has a, a an experience and it shows kind of the kind of the skill and the mystery of the main character like coming out of nowhere or seeing something he doesn't understand or something like that. And one of the things I realized in writing one of those scenes yesterday is that. I don't know that I've ever actually described what my main character looks like. Mm. Um, because in my mind, uh, the scene has the main character come up behind this tertiary POV doctor. And in my mind, I see the doctor turning around and then I go, well, what does Logan look like? And so then I had to go back through the first book and I, st- I still haven't found a description. I might just have to make one up. But um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm really glad that, uh, again, the first book isn't done and I can kind of whittle it away and, and take care of it. And that's one of the things that I'm seeing with the second book is so much wasn't done in the first book when I finished it, but I'm able to go back and kind of piece it together that I'm just going to storm through the second book because I know when I start writing the third book, I'm going to keep going back and whittling and fixing and putting pieces back together. Um, So like when I go through, I like, I leave names off. I have big things, a capital name, capital city name, capital planet name. Like all of those things are just rifled through the manuscript. I'll just go back and fix it all later. That, that brings up a great question um, because I, I do that a lot too. Um, I'll, I'll write a whole book and not really describe the, the people very much. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I rarely go into talking about race, ethnicity, that sort of thing. It just, uh, I, it's not that I'm completely blind to, the diversity of, of the, the, the city or the group of people I'm talking about. It just, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's secondary and, and a lot right. of times too. Um, it, and so I've read writers where they're very detailed about every individual's look, the way they dress, the, you know, very visually um, stimulating. Uh, and then sometimes it's just completely up to the reader's, um, discretion. What What do you guys think about describing characters, giving people 
exactly what, you know, uh, kind of transmitting to the reader exactly how they're supposed to interpret a character versus just letting the reader kind of dress people however they want. What, what do you guys think about that? Well, I'm editing a series right now. It's a three book yeah. series uh, written by Blaine Pardo. It's an alien invasion and he's got multiple POV characters throughout this series. Like I've got a list of maybe four pages long of all of the character names. And if he has a description, I'll stick it in there just to make sure, you know, track all the descriptions. Um, but what I've noticed is that he does do character descriptions very well. Um, and sometimes it's just an adjective here or there. Yeah. Sometimes it's a whole phrase um, to, to give a little bit of a description. Sometimes there isn't a description and it's the character's voice that kind of colors out um, colors out who that person is or, or their actions. Um, one fun thing about having multiple POV characters is that the voice for the narrators changes just a little bit and yeah. they notice different details about about the other characters. So in book three, as the character POV characters are starting to meet each other, they're giving descriptions of the other character that as a reader, I had no idea of. So there's one character, I knew that he was tall and muscular for two books, but in book three, I found out that he was black and I had no idea. And it was like mm. a revelation. Yeah. And, um, you know, from his from his outlook in life and from the things that he had overcome, like a lot of things made sense, but it took a reporter character, Dan Dana blaze. She's sort of like a, a I like that shallow. Name. She, yeah. She's, yeah. she's kind of a shallow plastic kind of character. But she, she's Dana very blaze. Dana blaze. Yeah. That's why she chose that name. She named herself. <laughs> I'm giving all kinds of spoilers away. So. <laughs> <laughs> But she's a very detailed char character and person. So she is looking at the other character. She notices things. She notices small details. And it takes Dana to meet this other character from book one that the reader finally sees who he is and gets a more complete picture. And I came away appreciating Dana and her, her skills as a person, as a character, um, more. But um, that's some of the fun that you can do with that multiple POV stuff is yeah. you can see the characters through each other's eyes and you can bring that out. So you don't have to have all of these descriptions right from the start. You don't even have to have your uh, main character described it in book one. Um, I never thought as an editor, I'd be saying something like that. It's working really well in this series. <laughs> wow. Um, Amy, you have written books that are standalone as well as written books in a shared universe. Um, do uh, th those two different writing exercises, writing for yourself that's completely in your head versus writing a shared universe where um, multiple people are contributing to this thing, um, does that matter? Is there a difference in your eyes about – um, how you make and describe characters for the readers um, or, or do you follow the same uh, kind of self rules, no matter where you're writing? Um, I think like, I, I tend to like to give just enough description that the reader can kind of fill in the blanks. And especially like if it's a romance, because people have certain things that they find attractive that other people don't. So right. If you can make it just vague enough to give them an idea, they can fill in the blanks. Um, but red like, hair, that's disgusting. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's right. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> uh, so um, but when I was doing the shared universe, we did get more detailed because we were, we had a series Bible that we had to go off of on all the details. And when it came to characters, depending on what type of character it was, depended on, like we had main characters that were mine. So other people could mention them, but they didn't give them lines. Then there were secondary characters that were, the copyright was more shared. So those secondary characters, the other characters could create lines. And then we would just go back and forth with, does this sound like something your character would say? So we, we did get detailed because we had to keep it consistent. Um, and that was, that was a challenge being really consistent with all with, I mean, all these characters that had all these different, um, I mean, it was paranormal. So it was all over the map, with different creatures and whatnot. But um, 
But personally, I like to keep it a little vague um, because especially like it with covers and it's one of those things where I know people love, especially with romance, they love a person on the cover or two, a couple on the cover. I don't like that <laughs> because I like to read and form my own picture. And if there's someone on the cover, mm. that's kind of what sticks in my head. And I might be like, no, that's not who I'm envisioning at all. So, uh, yeah, I like to be a little more vague personally. It's kind of like um, in Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files uh, on, what are they up to, like 18 books now in the series? I think it is. And uh, almost every cover, I'm trying to think of the newest one. Um, I'll, I'll just go with almost every cover. Um, um, Harry. Harry Dresden is wearing a hat. Yeah. And in the books, he never wears a hat. That is, yeah. Jim Butcher <laughs> has never described Harry Dresden wearing a hat. And it's become kind of a funny thing now that, that the cover artist puts a hat on Harry Dresden and he never, you know, but yeah, that does kind of become an indelible part of the character. Whatever you see on the cover translates to how you see the character, even if you never wrote it, you know, especially with the series, we've got to keep that consistent on the covers. Um, And I've heard complaints of people like, you know, um, Hey, how come the person in the, the man, you know, the man, the heroine in this book has blonde hair, but the woman on the cover's got brown hair. Yeah. And, and that drives me nuts too. So that's something that if I do put people on the cover, I try to make sure it's consistent with everything I've written in the book. And there's been a couple times when I've actually changed the way I wrote the character to fit <laughs> who was on the cover because yeah. I just couldn't find the right image and I was tired of fighting with it. And I was like, I'll just change it just enough that nobody's going to complain. So, Man, that... Um, Ian, in, in a series or in a, in a book like you're writing, um, how much, uh, how much character development is going as far as description, how much character description is going into it. And, uh, and by the way, Corey Gillum says hello to Lauren and Josh and not the other three of us. Oh, <laughs> whatever. <Corey. laughs> So for Patrick, I'm doing the bare minimum for describing him. The only real description that I have so far is that he has fair skin. And I think that's the only thing I've done to to physically describe him at all. I want the reader to be able to self-insert as they read because I am writing it for kids that I teach. And I'm keeping that in the back of my mind as I go. And I, I want them to to be able to insert themselves in a story because the truth is a lot of my kids don't read for fun. And I want to find a way to let at least the male population um, find a, a way to, to uh, find something to read because those are the ones that struggle with reading the most. Uh, there are a few characters that I have done more description for, but they typically aren't main characters. And I can't really tell you why. I'm describing them the most. <laughs> it's just coming out that way. Um, that may change as I continue. But as of right now, I have no plans to have a concrete description for Patrick because the truth is we don't know what St. Patrick looked like 2,000 years ago. So it would seem almost dishonest on my part to force something on him. So that's another reason why I'm just kind of leaving it open to whatever you want in my mind. But you have no problem dropping dragons in. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a we'll willing suspension of disbelief. Yeah. We can only disbelieve so much. Exactly. <laughs> uh, in my mind, Patrick is 17 year old me, but that's just, you know, what's easy for me to envision as I'm writing it. But, you know, it. I want it to be where you can imagine whomever you wish. So. Did 17-year-old Patrick bleach his hair like you did? That was 15-year-old. <laughs> 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 anyway. It was a phase. Hey, I did it too, man. I did it too. Oh, yeah. I don't regret it. I'd do it again. <laughs> I was the spitting <laughs> image of Slim Shady. <laughs> That's all I heard ninth grade year. <laughs> wow. I need pictures of that, Josh. Just oh, I got them somewhere. I got them. <laughs> I hear you. So, um, so we all have uh, have gotten to points where the writing is getting a little uncomfortable. Um, w- 
what uh how do you see the rest of your um writing challenge going do you, it, is there is there hope um is there are you thinking that there are any anything in in particular that you can do or will do going forward? Um, I I know for me I, I'm going to be um, I, I'm going to be writing more of my backstory and the 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 main story is not going to be moving forward um, as fast as I thought it would. But I think I'll I'll still be churning out words. They'll just be different words than I thought. With, you know, until I get some things settled. But um, what, what do you, where do you see your story right now, Lauren? Well, I want to get the book done. I want it to happen. Uh, I want to be proud of it. I want to love it. I want to have fun doing it. <laughs> and I also want to, you know, keep up all my family obligations and editing obligations and, you know, keep all of those different uh, plates spinning. So, I might not. No, it's very not likely <laughs> that I'll get 50,000 words done by the end of the month. But I, I hope that by the end of the month, I'll have made forward progress every day yeah. and that I'm proud of that progress that I've done and that uh, this book will get done in the next couple months. Yeah. 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 Forward momentum is the is the important part. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, how do, how do you see you? kind of making up your, your ground from, from last week, do you have a specific strategy or is it just sit down and grind out? Well, according to the calendar on my dabble, we have 22 days left until the end. Yes. Uh, I'm planning to do um, between three and 4,000 a day until then. So I'll have probably between 70 and 75,000 words written by that. Uh, which will put me within 20,000 words, 25,000 words of my goal. I think I know it's probably going to be longer than that. Um, so I'll be super close. Um, uh, I will probably have the majority of the first draft done by then. Um, uh, going back and filling in different things. One of the things I started, well, I have done for a while is, um, starting in the middle of chapters and then, flushing out the middle of the chapter to the end and then going back in and finishing, like bringing the intro on and seeing if I even need an intro. Um, uh, but I, I have, a, I have a pretty good shot to get about 75,000 words done by the, by the time we're done um, with the competition. And then I'm, I'm at the goal line basically. So nice. Uh, Amy, how, how do you feel about the, how does it feel going forward? I don't know. Like I start writing and I'm boring myself. And that's part of the problem is I'm not feeling like it's entertaining. And so I'm like, if I'm boring myself, I'm definitely going to bore the readers. So I'm, I'm having to work through that and figure out how to fix it. And um, again, I think it's just down to, there's just honestly just so much clutter in my mind right now that it's really difficult to break through to that spot where I feel like I'm just clear and focused. And um, so that's really what I'm struggling with. And yeah. I get words out and I read them and I'm like, it's terrible. And then <laughs> I try to write a few more and I'm like, that's even worse. <laughs> and to the point that I just look at it and think, I don't even know why I'm trying this. And, you know, you go to the downhill mental slide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. hating what you're writing so um that's that's kind of that spot that i'm in right now but i'm i keep telling myself okay just sit down and start writing you know i i kind of do like it was mentioned earlier work out okay what are my character's motivations what kind right. of trying to solve what are the potential answers just trying to work you know branch that off in any way that'll be somewhat interesting um my only I think hope with this that, that that helps me is knowing that some of my best books have been some of the hardest for me to write. So I'm hoping yeah. this will be one of those. Yeah. Well, that, I'm glad you said that because um, we've all had like family stuff come up and, and November I, I've always 
thought it was funny that National Novel Writing Month is November when when you have Thanksgiving yeah. and you know, <laughs> all this stuff comes up in November. It seems like, um, but you know, like you said, Amy, some of the best stuff I've ever written has come out of times where um, it was the most stressful in my life. Um, you know horrible family stuff going on and and that's when the best words ever have have come out so um you know just because life is easy doesn't mean your creativity is the best it'll be because it's just not that's just not how humans work um but um yeah i was going somewhere with that and i completely lost my train of thought anyway. well, was it the uh i think it i can't remember who said it i know a famous author said it and you'll probably tell me and then i'll feel stupid um <laughs> when he goes back and rereads his stuff he mm. doesn't know what he wrote on a bad day and what he wrote on a good day it's it's all there yeah. and um like i'm the same way there are days where i punch out a couple thousand words and I'm like, this is the worst pile of dog crap I have ever put on paper, <laughs> but I don't go back and fix it. I just leave it. And then I yeah. move on and, and keep going. And then when I piece everything together, first of all, I've forgotten what I thought mm -hmm. was dog crap to begin with. And then I go, this is pretty good. This, this is good. This, I like it. Yeah. 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 That's what I was thinking too, as, as you're telling your stories, you know, you're in the middle of it. You're in the, the war of art right now. You're in the thick of it. Just keep pressing forward. And, you know, in a month or two, when, whenever it's done later on, when you come to look back at it, you might be like, Hey, this, this is pretty good. This is yeah. actually pretty good. Or at least you have something to work with and something to build on and add to yeah. get material. I, I know what I was going to say a minute ago now, and it came back to me. Um, I have done something this time that I've never done before. And um, as I've gotten an idea for a scene that does not connect to the scene that I'm working on at the moment, I go ahead and flip over to a new scene in Dabble, and I write out as, as much of that scene as I can see in my head, even if it doesn't – if it's not – the chronological time to write that scene yet, right. but I know it's going to be. And I go mm -hmm. ahead and get that out and, and flesh out what I can knowing that I will eventually get to it. Um, so I guess what I was going to say, Amy, is that have you had any moments like that where what you're writing right now kind of sucks and it, it just doesn't feel right, but is there an idea of something that you do want to write, even if it's not chronologically time to write that scene and I, i've had a couple of writers tell me that they do that and i've always thought that was just crazy and bizarre but i, I kind of understand it now i think yeah um actually i've done that i've written some books out of order um yeah. because i just like I said i i just there's some scenes that i was anxious to actually write because i was like oh i can't wait to get to this part and then the mind starts just running with it and i'm like i might as well just be writing this down and I can adjust yep. later and connect all the dots, you know, when I, when I put it in place. And so that's something I will probably end up doing like later tonight when I sit down to write will probably be, I will probably just say, okay, screw this part. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it right now. I'm going to pick a few scenes that I really feel excited about and work through those and see if it just can't get something moving. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've done that before and it does, it does seem to help, especially if I feel stuck. Excellent. Well, yeah, um, that happened. It's good. Um, you, you get stuck on a scene where you're like, I don't like this, or I think that it's not going the right way. And then you jump eight chapters ahead and you start going really good. And then you're like, oh, I know how to fix this other chapter. And you can go back and, and kind of jump around. I do the exact same thing. I actually love writing out of order. I, I go like pick the my favorite scenes and I'm like, I'm going to write all these favorite scenes and leave all the rest of the stuff later. Time jump. Exactly. Yeah. I, Diana Gabaldon told me several years ago when I interviewed her for author stories, she told me that, that someday she wakes up and she just writes a scene and, and then at the end of it, she just has a pile of scenes and then she figures out how they all stitch together. And Ooh. I thought that is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. How do you, yeah. 
that would that would yeah. just send me to the loony bin, I think. But yeah, I've um, done that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of starting to understand it a little bit. I mean, if you know where you're going and you know what scenes need to be written and you have the confidence to to write the scene you feel like. I don't know. Maybe well, it's the subconscious working, right? Because yeah. your your conscious mind is focusing on the scene that you're you're feeling good about, but you're still kind of processing all of that other stuff. Um, and it's it's like, oh, that name that's on the tip of my tongue. Ah, I won't think about it. It'll come to me in like two hours. Here, like, aha, that's what it was. And that, that it's a real thing. It happens a lot. And let me tell you something. The crazy that happens to me is I will okay. be writing, and that subconscious thing is happening and I don't realize it and I'll write maybe something a little bit later. And then by the end, it's all tied together. And I didn't even realize that's what I was weaving, you know, I'm yeah. this, this extra plot. But when I get to the end, my, I just kind of like, I go, Holy crap. That all <laughs> works perfectly where, you know, there was one scene even in, in one of my books where I found somebody ended up being related to somebody else at the very end. It was like a big reveal. And I had been weaving that storyline into it through the whole thing, not realizing that's what I was doing until the end. That's and I awesome. just typed out the words like, sorry, pop. And it was just like, <laughs> my, bl- my brain wow. goes, boom. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's how, you know. So sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. I tell people I have no clue what I'm doing when I sit down. It's all but an accident. It seems to work out. So yeah. <laughs> it keeps happening. But and trust the process. Uh, you'll get there. Yeah. And sometimes if you're writing romance, a reveal like that could change the genre of your oh, book. Oh, no. <laughs> I, you know, I had the exact same thing. I can't remember if I've mentioned it on the show before because I go do so many different things and I can't remember if I've talked yeah. about it here or wherever else. But I had a, a throwaway character in a beginning chapter of book one that uh, I just thought it was a throwaway chapter. And then as I'm trying to fix the ending of the first book and trying to get the characters from A to B, without doing what I call easy button. I hate easy button. Um, so I spent three, four five days trying to figure out how to get them to be. And I was like, this character knows where they're going. He knows where the place that they need to be at because he works for the dude. That he, basically he double crossed the guy, the guy threw him in jail or whatever. He ran into these guys. Um, so he knows where they're going. Plot and twist. All- so all I, I I did it on accident. I just had to change a couple of names and then yeah. uh, put them in at the end and have them come back. And you're like, you know, the reader's like, oh, that's throwaway character. And somebody's going to be like, oh, that's super awesome. How do you figure that out? It's such a smart guy. I'm like, no, I'm an idiot, man. That just happened on accident. <laughs> like, that, Same. Yeah. The subconscious mind is 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 powerful. And mm-hmm. and. It, you know, when any creative endeavor, but you, like your, your mind has already figured out all of the problems that you're struggling with. It's just a, a matter of, you know, yeah, asking it what, you know, what the solution yeah. is. Sometimes. Can you help me out here, please? Yeah. Please do something. Yeah. Get out of your own way. So, yeah. yeah. So Ian, you, you've got uh, a holiday coming up, which means a couple of days off of work. Does that, uh, does that play into your 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 plan for later this month? Or what are the holidays looking like for your? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> did Angel just get his wings? <laughs> I think it did. I think it did. An English teacher got his uh, <laughs> got, a, got a break or a yeah, right. <laughs> well deserved. There yeah. was a kid actually doing their homework. Right. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, yeah, so that break is going to save my butt during this thing. I can tell you right now. I am not at the word count I would like to be. I yeah. would have liked to have been at 10K right now. I'm three grand behind that. Uh, part of that is because I did take the weekend off because I was just exhausted from this week. And like today's word count is only at, I don't know, 790 words. Yeah, I was hoping for fifteen hundred today, but uh, that's just the way it is right now. I'm going to take the week of Thanksgiving break, and I'm going to get as much done as I possibly can because one, I need the uh, creative juices to flow a little bit better. I know where I want to go with this. I know what I want to do. It's just like everyone else is saying. I need this 
to tell me what's happening. Uh, today, I was plucking uh, away at the keyboard after the kids had gone home, and I was like, okay, I know I need to write this scene here. It's so difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it's it's the, the problem everyone else has been having. Like, I, I these are not the words that I feel like are appropriate here, or maybe um, I don't sound as smart as I should when I'm writing that, but I'm I'm just trying to get the words down, and I will fix them later. That's where I'm at. Um, yeah. yeah, and and you know that's uh, that's the point of a first draft is right. to to get the words out so that you can edit them later, and um, that that's a that is a great uh, um, topic. There, what, how do you guys turn off the self editor? Because I, I I'm every writer I've ever talked to has the same struggle. You want the words to be good and you can see the words on the page as you type them and you know, they're not good. Um, But, but how do you trust that they have the potential to be good words? Um, I fight that a lot. I find it really hard um, because I, I like to have, I don't have clean drafts, but I, I like to not have to look at the words and go, what was I trying to say here? Yeah. Um, but I do uh, some shortcuts that help me uh, immensely while I'm doing the first draft, which is something I've already mentioned, which is just putting name in all caps. Um, or I'll put like a bracket and say, figure this out. Like, and I need a tech word here. Um, uh, or if I'm, if I'm just, going along and I'm like, that sentence didn't work well. I'll just double enter and type it over again uh, and just keep going. I don't delete. I don't go back and just like change words. I, I just, well, vomit words on the page and then go back and clean it up. Like maybe after I'm done, you know, I, I do a lot of sprints. I do a lot of 20 minute sprints. Um, and on average I get about four or five, 600 words every 20 minutes. Um, and usually uh, I I'm part of a writer's group. We have a, a discord and we run the sprints on discord and usually we'll give ourselves like three, four five minutes between sprints. And during those five minutes is when I sit and look at everything that I've written and then kind of clean it up and delete what I don't need um, and then start over again. But I, you know, it, it took me a long time to get over the backspace, backspace, make sure the word is correct. Like write the sentence. Is that the, the way I want the sentence? I don't care. Keep going. Um, and it's still a struggle. I mean, there was a lot of times I'll turn the, the wavy lines off on word. So you can't see that your word is not spelled correctly. Um, and that helps a lot too. Well, and, and in Scrivener, I mean, in Dabble. Zealot. (laughs) In Dabble, there's a, uh, there's a toggle. Um, you know, if you, if you click the little eyeball icon, you can turn spell checking on or off and style and grammar checking, uh, on and Mm -hmm. off. And, and I turn those off when I'm, like you said, when you're, uh, when you're sprinting, just because if I see those squigglies, I'm going to have to go back and, and For fix sure. it because I'm the guy that cannot have unread mail in my inbox. You know, I, I can't, I can't have notifications. It's just, you know, one of my little weird quirks. And so you would hate turn my Gmail off, account. What? <laughs> my Gmail account has 64,924 open emails Bro. or unopened. No, it's, it's a big, big wow. number right there. It's a big number. No, no, no. That, that, <laughs> that bad. Hurt my brain. That now that's spread across like five accounts, but still. Yeah, I uh, think I'm somewhere around ten thousand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My mine has zero. Oh, that's zero. I bow but. to your superior <laughs> intellect. <laughs> no, it's a mental illness. It's not superior. <laughs> it, it's a it's a hang up from from being a Gen X kid. I think. Um, but that that's a callback to a previous conversation. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So, um, do, do, uh, Josh, were are you the 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 strike through um, guy? Do you do you do strike through? Uh, I, I was. Okay. I have, um, and that's 
so I write on a Mac and on a Mac, I have an app called word counter that I can, um, specifically tell it to track keystrokes because I track gross words, not net. And so before I had that, like I was writing on my PC, I would do um, a lot of gross words that I wrote today. Yeah. Oh, they're all gross. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so instead of, uh, so I would track my words and you write down, you know, whatever your word document is at 10,000 words or whatever. Um, but in order to get an accurate word count, I would just strike through. I would, if I have like a paragraph I'm deleting, I would strike through it and then keep going. Um, so my word count was accurate. And then when I was done for the day or done with the project, then I'd go back and delete all the strike throughs. And uh, I, the reason I ask that is because when you, when you go back, um, when you go back to to edit, um, and you see the the text that you sh- struck through, strike mm-hmm. through, um, stricken, stricken, mm-hmm. that you have stricken. Um, yes, does, I have stroke. Does that uh, does that trigger something like like if you change it, then that original thought might be lost forever. But if you strike through it. Uh, and then come back to it. Maybe you could say, okay, I see what I was thinking there, but maybe there's a better way to do it. Have you ever had that experience where leaving that hint for yourself kind of triggered something different that kind of informed where you wanted to go? Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't happen very often, but it does, it does happen. Uh, a lot of times if I get to, if I'm going back through, like on one of my final edits, um, I'll I'll find passages that I've stricken, <laughs> strucken. I have strucken, stricken, stricken it in passages you have struck. Yes, um, and I'll okay simmer down, English teacher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mute her. Um, I'll see those, and you can see the difference in what is what I wrote and what I originally wrote. And sometimes you can take that and play around with it. Sometimes you can use it somewhere else um, in the, in the chapter. Sometimes it just gets deleted. Um, But a lot of times if I've gone through and I've written three or four or five paragraphs and then I don't need it, I'll either strike it through and leave it and then see if I need it later on in the edit or put it in like a discarded scene folder and just toss it over there. A lot of times I'll leave it because sometimes if I put it in the discarded scene folder, I forget about it or I don't ever go look again. It's like that, that drunk drawer where you put all your wires at because of you're going to need the wire eventually, but then you never go to the drunk drawer. It just stays there. Uh, But if I strike it out in the manuscript, I have to see it when the edit happens and so that sometimes I can pull it out and, and use it again somewhere else. This is like the olden days when they are you know writing with a feathered pen or something. That's right. Uh, gotta, they must have had it, and then yeah, get off my lawn. But it's still there for later in case, just in case. True. 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 Well, um, at, do any of you plan to write on Thanksgiving Day? I can't imagine I would have the time. I'm going to, usually I can usually I do because yeah. we, I, I usually write in the early mornings when I'm drinking coffee. Um, and I don't think, I don't think we're having family on Thanksgiving. I think we're doing it like on a different day because we have a, mm. like 800 different families that are coming in from different places. We, whatever, it doesn't work out, but I think I am going to work on all of the days to typically nobody really does anything until like 10, 11 o'clock. So if I get up at, you know, six or five or whatever it is, I can bang out a couple thousand words for the day and be good. Well, at our house, Thanksgiving is like the high holy day of the year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my favorite holiday for Aww. sure. Yeah. And, and I try to influence everyone else to, to believe the way I do. Um, but <laughs> the question is, will you be writing on Thanksgiving? Well, I was getting to that. I was gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to be cooking two turkeys and, uh, you know, all the things that we always do. But in my mind, I'll be at my desk about six o'clock that morning and at least write a scene, okay. at least write a scene. So 750 maybe. to a thousand words, maybe. Um, 
in my mind, that's how it's going. Well, you uh, got like five hours for the turkey to cook. You're not just going to stand there and watch the turkey well, to cook. You could do, you know, five hours of riding in that time. Yeah, but I have to oversee all the other, you know, ah, cooking. You know, that's, it'll work yeah. out. But in anyway, that that's kind of the reason why I'm I've written ahead is to take into account that day and my birthday is next week and uh i'm gonna take the the day off from from work uh so i don't know i'm but i'm i'd i'd like to think that i'm going to i'll just put it that way now whether that actually happens or not we'll see but i would like to think that i will i'll make you a deal whoever writes more words on thanksgiving gets the wishbone Oh, Ooh, like wow. the, the actual day of Thanksgiving or when we're having Thanksgiving? A little, little friendly. Actual day. I'll do it. I'm I'm down. Put me down, coach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wishbone challenge it is. What about you, Amy? What what's your plan for Thanksgiving Day? Well, I know I will be up at the butt crack of dawn. <laughs> and you know, getting stuff rip fed because my kids all come to me now. Um, so, um, I really have no clue. I would like to think that I will, but odds are I'm going to eat way too much <laughs> nap. And oh, those, those odds are certain. Hope the dishes do themselves, but they won't. Right. And then, um, <laughs> who knows what the rest of the day, if my kids have their way, we'll be decorating for Christmas that evening. So I don't know what kind of time. What kind of time I'll have. I'll just have to see how it goes. You just need to get yourself one of those magic sinks. I've got one. You take you you take all your dirty dishes and you just pile them in the sink and then they just find their way. That's the called cabinet. a wife. Yeah. <laughs> no. You got a wife. Yeah. And today a- is your anniversary <laughs> to married to that awesome, amazing wife. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, I'm the magic that happens. <laughs> I'm the magic that happens. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> I need that quote, Amy Hale. I'm the magic that happens. Have you guys ever seen Good. Have you ever seen that video where it's the is this boyfriend and girlfriend are living together and, and he starts talking about the magic coffee table? Yes, and, yes. Uh, oh my gosh, I love yes. She's like you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> really? Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's a great. Great uh, clip. Lauren, are, are you having a big family gathering for Thanksgiving Day? We are, and we're gonna stuff as many people in here as we can. Uh, we've got some neighbors coming. I just had my aunt called and she's like, hey, can I bring that couple? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen them in years. Got to catch up with them. Bring them all in. Yeah. So we're going to have full house here. Um, and be so, gathering around your computer? Ooh, That's the question. Um, I, that would be very strange. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. So I do plan on writing that morning. And I think the <laughs> the bigger sticky point was... Do I know what I'm going to write? <laughs> that that'll still be a question. I have got a feeling in two weeks. Hey, the more eggnog you drink that day, maybe the writing gets True. easier. Is that the solution, Ernest? It's a solution. It's a solution. It's a solution. Okay, okay. But, you know, we'll see. Well, or pumpkin pie and whipped cream. Like you just set the pumpkin pie, cover it with whipped cream, and just sit in front of your computer and cry while you're eating pumpkin pie. And then, like, <laughs> then maybe some words will happen. Maybe blend in some whiskey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Corey okay. Gillum says Trish has now found liquid pumpkin pie. So that's a thing. Nice. Nice. We are below the Mason Dixon line. So pumpkin pie becomes sweet potato pie down mm. here. Uh, Just for reference, okay. I apologize. But is it yeah. is it pecan or pecan pie? Pecan. Pecan. Uh-huh. Pecan. Pecan. When you step outside to handle business. <laughs> Nicest way I could say. I'm that's not what, consuming that. That's what people in Georgia say. Oh, yes. And we don't talk about Georgia. Them. We're not in Georgia. Anyway. My, my dad loved pecan pie, and me and my brother were all pumpkin pie freaks well he made us eat the pecan pie one year and after that it was all pecan pie and then he would get mad because mom wouldn't make enough pecan pie she would make more pumpkin pie they're they're not eating the pumpkin pie they're eating my pecan pie we need to make more whose fault is that pops yeah yeah 
pecan pie is the superior pie, period. Indeed. No discussion. No discussion. Mm-hmm. It just is. Anyway, this conversation has devolved into gluttony, apparently. So, Yum. Um, anyway, thanks, guys, for, uh, you know, next to my wife and granddaughter, y'all are my favorite four people oh. on the planet and happy to get to do this every uh, every Wednesday night. Uh, sally forth and get those words. Indeed. All, All right. right, guys. We'll see you next week. Have see a good you. night. Good night. That's our episode for today. There's so much more to come as we talk to authors about the craft of writing, but also the business of publishing. Be sure to subscribe to the StoryCraft Cafe podcast in your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. The StoryCraft Cafe is made possible by Dabble. Writing a book is challenging. Your writing tool should not be. Dabble is an easy-to-use online writing tool packed with helpful features that allow beginning novelists and published authors to create amazing stories. Visit us at dabblewriter.com and start your free trial today. Thanks for listening.